Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. We're back, we're back. It's Wednesday, everybody. Welcome to Fantasy NBA Today, a sports ethos presentation. I am your host, Dan Vespers, as per usual. And we've got a typical, typical Wednesday this time of year, which is all still quite atypical compared to the usual fare. We got a box score set to break down from Tuesday night. And you guys know the second half of the show, it's not even a half, it's really like the second, last 20% or so. Streaming grid. We're going back to the streaming planner on a day-by-day basis. I mentioned on yesterday's show, I'll mention it again today. Mondays right now are going to be reverse chronological lightning round and the streaming calendar. Tuesdays and Wednesdays and probably Thursdays are box score recap and streaming planner. And then Friday is the big look-ahead day. We'll, we'll talk about Thursday stuff on Friday, don't worry. But we're also going to talk weekend and then streaming, long streaming in the next week, which we should, we should all be looking at here now even in these midweek. Playoffs are weird, you know? First of all, I want to talk to you guys on social media, so please do follow me at Dan Bespris. If you found this show through my social media, hi, and you love it, please drop a five-star review on it. mean the world to me. I'm trying to get to 775 before the regular season ends. It doesn't seem like it should be that hard, but at this time of the year, there generally aren't that many new listeners to the podcast in mid-March. So we're kind of stuck at like 766 right now. Oh man, I really want to get those last nine. Can we get those last nine? Please, come on, help me out on that. I think we can do it. I think we can do it. Oh, I think we can do it. With your help. With your help. Okay, so I want to talk about the streaming thing a little bit. Uh... And how it's important, even now, to be planning ahead anyway. What I mean by that is, there's sort of two things going on. If you got a first round buy, and that's where you're sitting right now, should be very easy to plan for next week. You don't have to worry about streaming going on at the moment. You can set your, your calendars for Monday. If you're, say, in the semifinals and anyone that makes the finals gets money, this is your, like, totally sell-out kind of thing. And then you just figure it out when you get to the finals. Hope that you can just overcome your opponent, whatever it might be. But get there so you can end up with some money. If you're in the first round and you didn't get a buy you have to kind of be playing for the next round also. You're kind of playing with two rounds at a time because the goal really in head-to-head at this point, I think most head-to-head leagues pay first and second place. That's how all of mine have been basically forever. Nobody cares about third and fourth place. And winner-take-all kind of sucks because there's so much luck involved. So if you're just trying to get to the finals, guarantee a profit, that should be your focus. So if you're in the first round of your playoffs, you should be long streaming hard. You should be looking at this week and at next week And then, you know, anything that comes after that is great, but sell out to get through next week. If you're already in the semis, great. Sell out this week if you need to. And then if you're in the finals, obviously you just go nuts. You do whatever you have to do to try to get over that hump. But that's where the long streaming, the short streaming, all that stuff kind of comes together. Only you know your, your personal situation and can use this data, I hope, in a productive manner. 
But let's just dive straight on in. Uh, we'll tell you about Thrive Fantasy and some of our other partners a little later in the show. Brooklyn behind Kyrie Irving dropping 50 on the Charlotte Hornets. Almost called them the New Orleans Hornets. Almost called them some other weird thing. Uh, 50 points, three boards, six assists, a steal, a block, nine three-pointers. Ridiculous, ridiculous offensive explosion for Kyrie Irving, who only has like five games the rest of the way. They've got a lot of home games left, so that kind of sucks. But this was certainly going out with a bang here, one of these last few actual games of the season. No LaMarcus Aldridge, so Andre Drummond became a very good stream. Aldridge is out at least one more game. And Drummond's going to take a dump on your free throw percent. There's no question about that. But if he's playing 24 or more minutes, which I reckon he probably will, Ben Simmons still not back yet. Once Simmons is back, I think they roll him in a small ball center spot. And then all of the centers go down the toilet else uh, without outside of you know whatever you want to call Simmons. For now, Drummond, you've got one more game. The thing that I think has been really interesting is actually Bruce Brown, who has continued to play well despite the return of Kevin Durant, and even here on a road game with Kyrie dropping 50. Now, I know KD only had to take 13 shots here. He really didn't need to do much because Irving did it all. But Bruce Brown continues to get boards uh, and steals and shoot a really high percentage from the field. He's just been a pillar of efficiency lately. I, I don't see any reason why he would come out of the lineup right now. You know, he's outplaying Seth Curry over the last little stretch. Now, Seth, you need to hold on to. But Brown, I you know, I was very hesitant. I'll admit it. I was too slow on this one. He probably got picked up in a bunch of spots before we're even getting to this point. Because I thought for sure when Kevin Durant came back, we would see Brown fall off. But he hasn't. He's been great. Basically seven out of his last eight ball games. That's a pretty damn good percentage. So, yeah, I mean, add him. If he's not at it already, he's he's still sort of wildly under-rostered, which feels kind of crazy considering how well he's been playing. But, boy, that's where we're at now. He's been good. Fire him up. Charlotte side, P.J. Washington had a slow ball game, but he still played 37 minutes, so he's a guy you hang on to. Generally, when he plays 37, he's going to be good enough. Terry Rozier continues to just truck everybody. You know what? I I haven't checked LaMelo Ball's ranking in a while. Yeah. He's at 25 now. He's fallen out of the top two rounds on a per-game basis. I'm starting to seem less idiotic for fading him at 20, 22 range. He's only like he's basically at that mark right now, so his ADP is pretty much spot on. Uh, but after that super hot start, the steals have come down, the field goal percent has come down, the free throw percent. Remember, he was shooting like 94% the first month. All of that stuff has come back to earth where even with the big strides he's taken forward, it, it hasn't sort of been enough to get him to that, that lofty threshold. And over the last three months, since his really hot start, he's actually number 48. So he's end of the fourth round. So here I am. Remember the, uh, the Donovan Mitchell versus LaMelo Ball? I think that was on Josh Lloyd's podcast. Josh was kind enough to have me on for an ADP battle. And I said, uh, I think it was Donovan Mitchell against LaMelo Ball, and I went Donovan. And for a while, I looked kind of dumb. Because Donovan or LaMelo was like number seven, and Mitchell was having a really good year. He was like number 18, 17, something like that, but I was losing it. Donovan Mitchell's number 18 now, still, and LaMelo Ball's fallen to 25. So that one ended up as a win. I didn't expect that. Cool. I thought that was going to be an L for me. It wasn't. It isn't anymore. 
Phoenix beat Orlando, which shouldn't be newsworthy, but it is lately because the Suns have been troubled without Devin Booker and Chris Paul. Campaign doing everything he can to elevate this team. Uh, he's strange. You know, his numbers are massive, but he's not hes not lifting the club the way that the, the true super, superstars can. Jake Crowder had a rough shooting game, but he's a must-start guy these days. He's been fantastic. Landry Shamit had a big one, but... Sounds like Devin Booker's back to traveling with the team. So he's cleared health and safety protocols. As soon as he's ready to go, he's going to drop right back in there in Shamit's spot. And so Campaign will lose shots, no question. Aiton will lose shots. Crowder will lose shots. I still think Payne's going to be a value. I mean, he's putting up gigantic point guard-style numbers right now. On the Orlando side, by the way, uh, at some point Cam Johnson's going to show up too. And that'll pretty much take all the bench usage. Wendell Carter Jr., good game. Mo Bamba, 9 points, 15 rebounds. So that was a solid performance as well. Uh, they only scored 99, so this was kind of a, uh, a rough one overall. Chumo Kiki didn't have any defensive stats. That's pretty weird. Uh, he will in the next one because that's what he does. And no Jalen Suggs. So I expected more out of Cole Anthony. I thought this was going to be a better ball game. He did take a shot to the face, and it's possible that may have played a role here as well. But I would say anytime either of the other guards is out, Cole Anthony's a start, and Fultz will rest the second half of the back-to-back. There's a chance that Fultz and Suggs miss tonight's game, in which case then Anthony is a guy you'd have to start at that point. Cleveland barely hanging on for a win over Indiana. 41-41 to from Darius Garland to get there. Evan Mobley 22-12 and with five steals. Larry Markinen 21 points on only 14 shots. Uh, Kevin Love tends to go a little quiet when Markinen has his better ball games. although Love still got 11 shots up there. He just didn't grab that many rebounds, and they weren't really dropping. He didn't get to the free throw line. He'll be fine. Garland, Mobley, Markinen, Love. Easy. Cavs side is easy. Indiana side is, you know, still actually relatively easy as well. We called the O'Shea Brissett drop-off. You know it. A couple weeks ago, said, look, this is points league. It says points league written all over it. And if, this, and if the popcorn stuff disappears, the whole thing comes apart. And that's exactly what ended up happening. Goga Batadze's actually had two good games in a row. I still don't care. What was kind of nice is that Isaiah Jackson picked up two fouls the first three minutes of this game. It looked like it was going right down that same road again. And then he only picked up one foul the rest of the night. So that was pretty good. He logged another 19 minutes after that. Uh, ended up playing about 11 minutes per half. And that's enough for him. 12 points, 8 boards, 3 blocks. He's a shot-blocking machine. Brogdon, Halliburton, Heald, Jackson, Jalen Smith. Those are your five guys right now. Chris Duarte solidifies himself as a drop with just 17 minutes here in this one. Memphis blew out New Orleans. This one was over early. C.J. McCollum was the lone Pelican to survive the assault. Pelicans are bad when Brandon Ingram's not on the floor. We've seen that from the first moment of this season. They are near 500 when Ingram is around, and they are horrible when he's not. He is, like, I mean this somewhat hyperbolically. I don't think it's a word. Brandon Ingram is kind of an MVP candidate because of the difference that this team sees when he's not on the floor. Now, obviously, he's not the most valuable player in the league, but just from a what did he do for his own team they go from awful to not really bad. Like, okay, in a tough Western Conference. 
Jackson A's only played 14 minutes. He had horrible foul stuff. He never got involved in the game. I think we can probably go hunting upside. He's fine. He's a low-end power forward. I thought he was going to be a bit more featured. Not to say that, like, he was going to take it away from Ingram or McCollum or even Valanchunas, but, like, just be engaged in some way. JV was terrible, too. Everybody was bad, except McCollum. You could kind of throw the box score out because of that, although at the same time, this to me is enough to say, look, Jackson Hayes is with 6.6 boards, 2.3 boards. This is just not good enough. There's not enough built-in upside with everybody around him, and this is without Ingram. So that just screams, go find something else. Over on the Memphis side, this game was over very early, so uh, kind of blowout numbers as well. D'Anthony Melton continues to be more efficient. He's a start. Brandon Clark only played 14 minutes. That was somewhat surprising. He started the fourth quarter, and then they went to the deep bench with like eight minutes to go in this game. There was like, no, nah, we're, we're good. Uh, or I think we probably would have seen Clark play another five minutes would be my guess. Uh, he still was fine, and he made his two free throws, which is a big deal. You know, he's he's fallen into a bit of a specialist role lately because the free throw percent had been bad. The steals and blocks have actually tailed off a little bit. And, it, you know, this is a slump. Guys go through slumps. It's just that they're super magnified when you're in the fantasy playoffs. So if you're in a head-to-head league, you're in the playoffs, I don't think you need to have Brandon Clark on your team. If you're in a roto format and you can wait it out a little bit, it's a bit of a different story, but Memphis has a horrible schedule coming up. So, like, from a head-to-head standpoint, you'll have two more games this week, three next week, three the week after that, three the week after that. They go four times the last week of the regular season, but nobody really cares at that point anyway. So, head-to-head, if you've got Grizzlies that are fringy, you kind of need to move on from them. Roto, you don't have to. You can go chasing upside. I'm fine with that, especially if you're behind in games played. He's not going to be a super useful player for you there. Uh, But, you know, rebounds sometimes, generally steals, blocks, field goal percent. That should be enough in most Roto leagues to keep him kind of hanging in there. But he's very fringy on that side, and he's probably a drop in head-to-head because of the schedule coinciding with a slump. Just bad luck. John Morant was uh, efficient in this one. Where the hell is he these days? He had those gigantic games. How far did he? Yeah, he's back up to number 38, so that's pretty good. Scoring's been big for John lately. Only needed 24 points in this one. JJJ bounced back. He had a brutal foul trouble game the last time around. Got himself his three blocks, so that's cool. But we're mostly watching Melton and Clark on the Grizzlies, and I think we more or less covered them. Now, before we get into the last two, this is the time to remind you guys of our partners over at ThriveFantasy.com. few of you guys have hit me up for prizes. I say more of you should. I continue to have them for almost all of our partners here at Sports Ethos. If you want to just do it yourself, use promo code ETHOS, E-T-H-O-S, over at ThriveFantasy.com. Get you guys a 100% deposit match bonus up to $100. And with a deposit of only 10 bucks, you'll get two contest entries on top of everything else. Those $20 nightly contests, you get two entries into those with just a $10 deposit. So it's an amazing, amazing deal that's only available with our promo code, ETHOS, E-T-H-O-S, 
at thrivefantasy.com. It's the prop betting DFS website. You're going to love it. Just give them a chance. Can't you give them a chance, man? You can do it. Thrivefantasy.com or the Thrive Fantasy app available on Apple and Android devices. All the same prop up, you jerks. Go try it out. Milwaukee blew out Oklahoma City, but uh, there's always something to pull away from the Thunder side. Now, the minutes were whatever. Like, they're letting Shea go, and he's having a field day here down the stretch. He's completely changed his entire season's outlook with this little spurt after they gave him a bunch of time off. He's now number 35 on the season, coming out of nowhere to race into the third round. I mean, he wasn't close to this a couple weeks ago, but he's gone bananas at kind of the time nobody thought he would. This is this is when we all figured he'd be in shutdown mode, but they sort of pre-tanked. Ah, the pre-tank. Pioneered that term a few years back. Thunder pre-tanked with Shea, gave him plenty of rest so they can hang out near the bottom of the Western Conference at 20 wins and 45 losses. They're actually the fourth worst record in the NBA right now, so they need to lose a little bit. So don't be surprised if there's some more tankage that goes on. But outside of Shea, because he's the easy one, your other starters were Aaron Wiggins, who had eight points and five rebounds, Darius Baisley, who had nine points, five rebounds and a block on four of nine shooting with three turnovers, Trey Mann, who had 11 and two on 39% shooting, and Isaiah Roby, who had 12, 3, and 2 with the block and a 3 on 5 out of 7 shooting. That's your guy. With everybody out, by the way, uh, we found out Lou Dort is done for the season in the late afternoon yesterday. I almost forgot to mention that. So Dort is done. Giddy's out for at least another week before his reevaluation. So, oh, and Pokashevsky, by the way, 13, 7, and 4. He's actually been pretty good lately, too. We don't really have roster changes coming for the Thunder right now. That was the thing for me that was kind of looming over all of this stuff was, okay, what happens when Dort and Giddy come back? But now we know Dort isn't, and Giddy isn't at least for a little bit. And that makes our decision a heck of a lot simpler because now we can say, all right, fine, we can stream Roby and Pokashevsky for at least a week, maybe more, depending on when Giddy comes back. And when he does, that probably shifts Trey Mann out of the starting five, or Aaron Wiggins might be the better guess. Roby seems like the starting center the rest of the way. And Pogoshevsky's coming off the bench anyway and getting his 28 minutes over some guys whose names I've never heard of before. So why would that go anywhere either? I think with Poku, the minutes could go away a little quicker. It seems like Roby is a little more set. It, it really does feel, at least for the moment, like they're giving him his sort of shot at it right now. So go ahead and make sure Roby's on a roster. Pokashevsky should probably be rostered as well. I don't know that I would call him a must-add, must-start guy, but I have him in a couple of spots because there's some intrigue there. You know, we know that there's some built-in fantasy appeal. The problem, of course, with Poku is that both of his percentages are bad, field goal percent and free throw percent. And the steals and blocks have not been nearly high enough to make up for that this year, despite, you know, the three-pointer here and there and the rebounding's been decent, if unspectacular. The percentages are crushing. They're a bit soul-crushing. So he makes more sense as someone that continues to need to grow into his fantasy game, where Roby is basically there now. And with 
and and Isaiah didn't get to do very much in this ball game, but give him a little bit of usage, give him a little opportunity, and we saw a bunch of good ball games. You know, Poku was number two seventy on the year, which, you know, that doesn't tell the whole story. He was only playing like eighteen minutes. Roby's two thirty on the year in about seventeen minutes. But you got to go more recent. Last two weeks, Isaiah's in the top fifty. And I don't think that's going to stick because he's shooting 82% at the foul line, 52 at the field, and getting 2.2 defensive stats. But even if that tails off to, like, top 85, top 100 range, that still makes him a fantasy start guy. Ah, the Clippers. No Rob Covington in this one. They've, I mean, I don't, this weird team. They had their nice five-game winning streak coming out of the break. Uh, Offensively, the first half, they were one of the worst things that the world has ever known. I don't know that I change who I would call the safer plays on the team, which is Terrence Mann, and he didn't have a good ball game. Reggie Jackson, you know, getting at the broad side of a barn. Zubots kind of saved his game with some steals and rebounds. Nick Batum had a slightly better game, but I don't really care. Marcus Morris, same kind of thing. Here's the thing with the Clippers. Here's the thing. We talked about it on yesterday's podcast. This is a team that was set to have five games in seven nights starting yesterday. So a lot of you guys, myself included, picked up Marcus Morris and Nick Batum and Luke Kennard and Isaiah Hartenstein and Amir Coffey and these kinds of guys, depending on how deep your league goes, to say, well, you know what? In five games in a week, you can have a bad one or two, and it can actually still be okay, and it'll certainly be better than someone with only three games. Like, it's pretty damn tough to have three games and outperform someone with five. That's a huge... I mean, you can do the math. Five-thirds. 67% bump. So even if they stink in a head-to-head side, you just keep racking up numbers over five days. You wouldn't worry too much about it. Roto's side, it's still those same four guys. And just understand, you know, sometimes you just stink on a given night. Sometimes you just stink. Hey, as usual, shout out to our buddies over at Manscaped.com for all their great work with us here at Fantasy NBA Today and SportsEthos.com at EthosFantasyBK on Twitter. Manscaped.com, 20% off and free shipping on your order with promo code Ethos20. I'll say it once, I'll say it a thousand times. I think the Lawnmower 3.0, that's the last generation one, still available on the website, is the best trimmer ever made. Go get it for 20% off and free shipping with our promo code ethos20 at manscaped.com or get some cheaper if you want. If you don't want to go the full whole hog, should choose my words more carefully. They got the new lip balm, which I'm using daily now. It's in my pocket as we speak. The shears that's on the desk in front of me as we speak. I've got all these things just around me and they are, they're excellent. Those are a little more affordable. If you want to go with the, just dabble in the manscaped goodness. Ethos 20, again, that's 20% off and free shipping on your order. That'll also let them know who sent you. You'll be happy with it. They make a great product. That's probably the only thing I really needed to say in that ad read, but threw some other things in there for good measure. The streaming time. Yeah, it's streaming time. It's the ninth, so we're going to do what we've been doing the last couple of days, which is we're going to stream for today. And tomorrow, if you listen to every show of the week, you're going to kind of hear the same thing twice for each day. You know, Monday, we're going to cover Monday, Tuesday, Tuesday, we're going to cover Tuesday, Wednesday. So each day, there's going to be a day of overlap in case anyone missed a show, basically. So for 
today, if you're streaming today, we've talked about this one a bunch, the only team that goes back-to-back today and tomorrow is the Denver Nuggets. They're the only one. There are a handful of teams that go three times in four days starting today. The Nuggets are not the only one of those, although Denver is among those teams if you decided you wanted to barrel along with a Nugget a little longer. Denver has seven games over the next 12 days, which is meh. It's pretty meh. It's it's workable. It's workable. Seven games over 12 days is not a disaster, but that's basically like eight over 14, effectively. It's like two four-game weeks in a row. At that point, you're not really streaming the roster slot. You're just getting, like, a guy who had an okay schedule. It's not a stream at that point. 12 days is sort of beyond the stream. Six and nine... 7 and 11, I think, is as far as we'd go. Denver had 7 and 11. You might put them back on the table, but they don't. So Nuggets are really a back-to-back or a 3 and 4 if you wanted to add a little flexibility and hold on to someone until Sunday. The other teams that go 3 and 4, by the way, if you didn't get a Clipper yesterday, now they're just four games in six days, so that's not as interesting. But the other teams that go three times in four days, the Minnesota Timberwolves, also part of a four-game and six-day stretch, if you were so inclined... San Antonio Spurs, same exact schedule. Raptors, same schedule. Jazz, same schedule. Wizards, same schedule. The Wizards with one small caveat. We've talked about the fact that the Wizards and the Cavaliers are both really interesting teams for Friday. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but because of that, this is actually the front end of a 7-in-11 for Washington. So you could pick up a Wizard and say, oh, I'm going to hold them through Saturday, three games and four nights, and then see how things are going. And if I'm happy, I'll hold through next Saturday. Because you get another four games over that week. So it's not beautiful. This is, I would venture to say, maybe too early to make that move. But it's on the table. My general assessment for today is if You have all four of your weekly moves left right now. If you haven't used any of them, you could probably go use one on a Denver Nugget. Or maybe even two if you really wanted to get crazy. I wouldn't do more than that. And I don't think I would go to any of these other teams unless there was a player on them that you really wanted. Like, just as a hypothetical, uh, let's say that we're looking at Washington and... Uh, Raul Neto sounds like he's probably going to play tonight. We don't know for sure, but it sounds like he's probably trending that direction. If we find out late in the program that he's a scratch, he's an interesting one because maybe something didn't go as well. Maybe you get Ish Smith for a big game today. Maybe you get Ish Smith for a couple of okay games Friday and Saturday. It becomes sort of like a bonus, like an elevated streamer where you're not just streaming for schedule. You're also streaming for a little bit of an advanced opportunity. I don't think that's going to happen, but that's your sort of one avenue. If a player like that emerges on one of those teams with a three and four that's not Denver, which is Washington, Utah, Toronto, San Antonio, Minnesota. If someone, Miami, by the way, sorry, Miami is also on that list. If someone on one of those teams surfaces as a really good fill-in player, Then you can say, okay, great, well, I'm just going to pick them up today and I'll get three games in four nights, even though it's not with the back-to-back on the front end of it. It's the back-to-back on the back end of those four days. But if none of that stuff pops up, Denver's the one team you'd look at today. That's it. 
if you don't want to go the Denver route and none of these players emerges on one of those four or five teams I just mentioned as a really interesting streamer, today's probably a sit tight kind of day. You know, that's part of the long stream process is there should be some days where you don't do anything. You just let it ride. And if you're looking forward towards tomorrow, it's equally gross. There is not a team in the NBA that goes Thursday, Friday. It is absolutely, positively not a day for you to be making streaming moves tomorrow. The only reason you should even consider it is if you have an overload, which is not something we've talked about much. It, for whatever reason, hasn't happened all that much this season. There's just been a handful of those. Remember there was like a couple of big Wednesdays in a row where it was 12 or 13 games, and then there were some like leading towards holidays. Those are the overload days. I can count them on one hand this year. There's a lot of teams playing tonight. Tonight could be an overload night. And if it is then you could afford to move on from someone who is playing tonight in favor of someone who isn't, which is a pretty weird thing to do. I think you're at that point, you're better off just waiting a day. And then what are you going to do tomorrow? Like, roll with me here for a minute. Uh, If you picked up a nugget, let's say you are overloaded today and you added a Denver nugget anyway. Now you're more overloaded in that situation, that's called a just-in-case, meaning a just-in-case one of the guys on your team gets ruled out late scratch, you can drop in one of your overload guys at the last minute. But looking at tomorrow, look, we already talked about the fact that nobody goes back-to-back Thursday, Friday. The teams that do play tomorrow, Denver, uh, sorry, we'll start, we'll go chronologically or alphabetically by uh, city name effectively here because it's easiest for me to look at. My brain doesn't get fried. Brooklyn plays tomorrow, but then they're off for two days. Denver plays tomorrow, but then they just go every other day for eternity. They go every other day until April 7th, starting tomorrow. That's not a great schedule. Golden State plays tomorrow, but they go every other day until next Wednesday, and they're off for three days. Philly plays tomorrow, but then they're off until Sunday. So there's no reason, even with an overload day, to look at someone that plays tomorrow because all of the teams that play tomorrow roll into bad schedules after tomorrow. I know I said the word tomorrow a lot there. I heard it in my own head. It happened anyway. Friday's your day. So remember, we talked last week about going with a warrior to start the week and then maybe flipping over to a nugget today and using your first move like that. I still think that's a reasonable play if you have room to drop someone into your lineup today. If you don't, you're probably good until Friday. You might have all four of your weekly moves left on Friday. And hanging on to a Warrior through tomorrow is not the worst idea in the world. You know, they play on the non-overload Thursday, and then you could move on on Friday. We've talked about the Cavs. We've talked about the Wizards. Really interesting teams. They go six times in nine days. That's a great stream, a nine-day stream. That takes care of a streaming slot for a week and a half almost. You got Ross, you got moves for days. Moves for days, son. That's your streaming guide for today and tomorrow, which now you know you can already predict on tomorrow's podcast. The Thursday part of tomorrow's stream is gonna be you heard it yesterday, don't do crap. But then the Friday part on tomorrow's streaming guide, 
That's going to be very interesting. And then on Friday, we're going to start talking about not only Friday, but Saturday, Sunday, and into next week. How do you build yourself the long stream moving forward? You know, Teams that play Sunday, Monday are really interesting because then you kind of start the next week off on the right foot. The Lakers, God help that team, they have a 5-7 and seven that starts on Sunday. But I don't want to get ahead of myself. I want to tip my hand here. There's a lot of stuff between Friday and next week. That'll be on the Friday podcast. That's two damn shows from now. I like this part of the year, actually. I hate the silly season, but I like the streaming season. It's a weird... My, my brain has trouble balancing both of those things at the same time. By the way, as we're recording, just found out Devin Booker will play tonight for the Phoenix Sun. So that's a cool little news break right at the end of the show. Landry Shamit is cooked. And I'm not that worried. You know, campaign's going to take a hit, but... He's a starting point guard on that team, so I wouldn't wouldn't over-worry about it. Yet. Yet. I think he'll be all right. Okay. Yeah, I mean, the shows are going to be in the 30 to 35-minute range right now because we're hustling. This is, the, this is the hustling stuff. Have a great Wednesday. As always, please, folks, i got to get to 775 reviews on the pod. Please drop a five-star on it on iTunes. Although I think you can do it on Spotify now as well. I don't even know how many reviews it has over there because they only added that feature like a month and a half ago, two months ago, something like that. And please do follow me on Twitter. We're still, we're doing a lot of stuff over there. We're growing, we're building at Sports Ethos. And I can point you to all of that at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S or just Google search Dan from the old site name, Hoopball. You'll find me, I promise. And I'll talk to you over there. Have a great Wednesday, everybody. Until tomorrow. Toodaloo.